Welcome into the show for today, guys. Thank you so much for being here with us on this Tuesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today, which is brought to you by Sports Ethos. And we are very, very excited today to bring you a guest from within the Sports Ethos family. We've been going outside of Sports Ethos to bring you some baseball people, but today we're going to be giving you a bit of a betting angle to the show, and we're going to be bringing on our very own Doug Reed. Doug, thank you so much for being here with us today. My pleasure, Joe. Happy to be here. Happy to uh, finally connect. I love your show. been listening to every episode. I uh, think you're doing a great job, so excited to talk a little fantasy and uh, maybe a little wagering angle as well. Well, thank you for that. I, I've been listening to your show as well, and I've been trying to use little pieces of advice here and there for betting. I find myself using uh, outrageous parlays most nights just for fun. You know, t- Ten-leg parlays, you put two yeah. bucks on it, you might win a couple hundred bucks if you're lucky. It's almost like a lottery ticket in some ways. You more a more fun version of a lottery ticket i find just yeah absolutely uh you know it's it's a great way to sound especially with baseball right there's a huge slate every day so you can sit and watch a bunch of games and you're right when you hit those uh you always win big so can be fun i tend to be a little more old school i actually do individual games sides numbers uh you know uh first five numbers um tend to stick to that but uh throw the odd parlay in there for sure when i don't see anything i like so just take a bunch of games and have fun watching them yeah, I don't, I'm not usually very successful. It's more just for fun. Uh, you guys should go follow Doug on Twitter. It's at Doug underscore Reed 34. And Reed is spelled with an I-R-E-I-D. So go ahead and give Doug a follow over there. You get uh, the odd little bit of betting info. You get his show tweeted out right when he does it. So go ahead and give Doug a follow. He's a great follow there. We're going to be looking today uh, a little bit of betting stuff, a little bit of fantasy stuff. And we're going to start with some uh, division futures. Is there any team you think um, – Maybe that's not really in the driver's seat right now in their division that you think has a good chance of taking it by the end of the year. Yeah, there's a couple of teams that I like. Um, you know, all the favorites are the Dodgers, the Yankees. Uh, everybody, you know, they're kind of top of their divisions. Everybody's looking at those numbers, and there's still some decent numbers for them to win. But a team, in, you know, that I like in the AL Central uh, is Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, they went to the series last year. I don't know how they do it every year. Uh, they never seem to have elite pitching, elite hitting. Uh, but they managed to always be there at the end of the season. And everybody right now is talking about the Yankees and the Jays. The Jays were the preseason favorite to win the division. You can still get them at plus 130. The Yankees are leading at plus 130. Uh, but the Rays are plus 350. And, you know, that number, it, it, if I sit, when I sit here today, I still probably think the Yankees or Jays win. But at plus 350, there's a very good chance that the Rays are right there in the, you know, the 94, 95, 96 win total at the end of the year and once this division starts going more head-to-head um you know right now the Yankees are leading but I was looking up early and their strength of schedule the Yankees have I think the third or fourth easiest strength of schedule in major league no sorry not third or fourth the second easiest strength of schedule so far in baseball uh where the Jays are the fourth hardest and Tampa somewhere in between so I think that'll even things out a little bit and I can see the Rays closing the gap uh again you know the Yankees or Jays are looking like the class of division but a plus 350 that's a good number to get uh, on, on the race. Um, other than, other than that, when we go to the AL central as well, Chicago still minus minus one forty to fa- to be the favorites. And I think once they get, uh, Lance Lynn back with Cease and Giolito, they've got the starting pitcher to pitching to win it. They probably are the best team, but they've been struggling out of the, out of the gate. And the longer that lasts, the greater the chance somebody like Minnesota, I think has a chance of contending. Minnesota's playing well above their skis. Uh, nobody really expected them, I think, to compete. But they're at plus 160, and they're looking pretty solid. Uh, you know, they've got a couple good pitchers. Bailey Ober's on the DL right now, or the IL. But when he comes back, he's going to add some something to their rotation. And a plus 160 is probably not a bad price 
Uh, to round out the AL, the Astros are obviously leading the West. They're minus 160 to win the division. I think they win it. Uh, but the Mariners are plus 600. And, you know, they got George Kirby, their big star, came up the other day. Logan Gilbert's been pitching great. I think people thought they'd have a good year. But the question is, how good? They've got, a, you know, uh, Julio Rodriguez, they got moved to number three uh, in the lineup the last couple of days. He's been, after a cold start, been hitting great, leading, uh, leading baseball, all of baseball, even stolen bases still. So plus 600, again, I don't think the Mariners win. But if you're looking, not really a lottery ticket, but uh, I, the Astros are minus 160. There's no value there. I think they've got a good yeah. chance to win the division. But a plus 600, you could grab the Mariners. And if they stay hot, uh, and, you know, they have the benefit of playing Texas and Oakland a whole lot, as do the rest of the teams in their division. But they can string some wins together there uh, and close the gap with the Astros. And the Astros are a great team. And Verlander's pitching like he's going to win the Cy Young or be a contender, but he isn't a young kid. And, you know, if he, if he slowly falls apart, Altuve was on the IL earlier this year. It's a bunch of what-ifs, and I never like to bet on one if, what-ifs. Um, but I can see a path for the Mariners to close the gap and potentially be contending by the end of the year. So that's kind of in the AL. Uh, when we shift to the NL, it's a little clear to me. The Brewers are leading at well, minus 300 to win uh, their division. I can't touch a minus 300. The Cards are plus 200. The Cards are out. Do St. Louis Cardinals thing. So I think at the end of the year, they're going to be there. But I still think Milwaukee. I picked Milwaukee to win the division start of the year, and I still think they win there. Um, so not a lot of value there. You can, you can always take the, the, the mighty Cincinnati Reds at plus 50,000. Uh, you want a lottery ticket. I think you'd be burning your money, but uh, that's a pretty crazy number. The NL East is the interesting one. Right now you get the Mets at minus 250, and I think this is probably the best value. These The two teams I'm going to talk to you about. The Mets are minus 250. They've been playing great, uh, but as we all know, the Mets somehow seem to always fall off the cliff at some point during the year. Now, I know they got a different team than they've had in the past. Scherzer's fantastic. Um, when DeGrom gets back, that's a huge – hopefully he gets back. That's a huge added um, – to their, an add to their rotation. But he, the Braves are plus 350. I mean, the Braves are coming off a World Series win. I think they're as good, good a team as any in the NL, and they're plus 350. And then you get the Phillies behind them at plus 800. Uh, when I looked at the win totals to start the year uh, in the NL, at least you had Atlanta at 90.5, Philly at 84.5, and the Mets at 88.5. So the prognosticators were picking Atlanta to win and Philly to be just behind them. And I think Philly is a team that uh, – has a lot of room to go in a positive direction. Uh, you know, the, 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 their offense, they've got such a good offense, it just hasn't really clicked. Uh, when you get Castellanos in there, you got Harper, you got, I think Schwarber's hitting about 200. And even if he hits 230 the rest of the year kind of thing, he's still probably going to hit 40 bombs. And he hasn't quite woken up. I mean, I really like that offense. You got Aaron Nola, who's, uh, who's decent, and Zach Willer there. I think they have the pitching to make the move. And they also have the ability to play Washington a whole lot. And the Miami Marlins were looking decent. But I think they have the ability to catch up in some wins. So the point is, the Mets at minus 250, you can't touch that. The Braves at plus 350 and Philly at plus 800. I think there's some value there. And by value, I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at making a decent, you're putting a decent bet down and getting, getting a return. You know, you put, you don't want to, I don't think you want to bet on the Mets at minus 250, even if you think they're going to win, even if you think they can sustain this. At minus 250, this, you know, the season is, um, not even 20% along. I think so many things can happen. Um, especially if you look at all these teams, they're all in the Northeast too, right? In the Northeast, uh, cold weather. It's been major league baseball has been pitching heavy, batting light this year. Uh, if that's things start to warm up, you know, in the Northeast, well, Atlanta's not in the Northeast, but Philly, New York, and Washington certainly are. Things start to warm up. I can see this division shift pretty quickly and the Braves or the Phillies take the lead. 
So I think there's some good value there. And the NL West, I think this is the worst division. Um, it's a great division, but it's the worst division for betting. So Dodgers are minus 250. I think the Dodgers win this easy. Uh, Padres plus 350. Giants plus 525. Uh, great value, you could say, but I don't see anybody catching the Dodgers. So I think in the NL, it's the Braves and Phillies. Braves plus 50, 350. Uh, Phillies plus 800. And then go, going back to AL, uh, I like the Rays probably the best of plus 350 uh, for some value. So kind of went through everybody there, probably threw in a lot of teams out, but I think there are some value. It's so early in the year and everybody, everybody's forecasting uh, what's going to happen in the next few months, but there's so many changes. I think to still be still to happen in the division leads. Yeah. It's really hard to forecast um, with any degree of probability. And that's what I, sometimes I tell people on Twitter when they say, you thought this was going to happen. You thought that was going to happen. And I usually kind of say, if I could predict the future, I'd be in a much more lucrative business than the one I'm in right now. Yeah, we can't always get it right. You have to just kind of make your most educated guesses and also look for um, some decent returns. And one return that I was looking at uh, was the Angels at plus 200. I thought, you know, they've yeah. actually looked really surprising. They've been kind of a joke these last few years. But plus 200, uh, they're currently leading the division. I think it's an all, an all right bet for sure. Uh, I think their pitching is maybe not as strong as it could be. But, I mean, Syndergaard has looked very good. I just don't think they're as deep. Uh, in the pitching side, but their their batting this year has really surprised me with the emergence of guys like Marsh, Taylor Ward. Uh, they've, they, I think at plus two hundred, it's not a bad little bet. I agree. Actually, I actually heard uh, earlier today. Uh, I might get the exact number wrong, but I think the Angels only had fifteen games last year where Otani, Trout, and Rendon all played in the same game. That's you know th- those three guys that top the lineup. I'll put them against any lineup in baseball. And then you're right, the guys behind them, Marsh, Taylor Ward's been fantastic. Um, I think that's a good call too. And Syndergaard has been pitching well. If he lasts all year um, with Patrick Sandoval out there, he's doing all right. Uh, and again, they got the, they have the ability to play the A's and the Texas Rangers a whole lot. So you bank some wins there. And if the Astros stumble a little, uh, I think at plus 200, you could be on something with the angels. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm kind of with you though. Their pitching scares me to be honest with you. Their pitching scares me. I think that's why I jumped over them and went to the Mariners at plus 600. But if they put it together, uh, you know, Otani's, Otani's only been average, maybe below average at bat, at, uh, hitting. You know that's going to turn around. Um, so their, their offense, I don't think they can win much in the playoffs, but their offense can certainly carry them through the regular season to win the West. Yeah, I hope for their sake and for their fans' sake, you know, how many years of this generational talent is going to go wasted, right? You, you'd like to see them make a push. Hopefully at the deadline uh, they make some kind of a push and maybe acquire another starter. And off the top of my head, maybe Tyler Molly from Cincinnati, who's yeah. kind of been – kind of being wasted out there a little bit and he's not been great by any means, but once he gets out of that ballpark, very hitter friendly ballpark. We'd look a lot. Well, absolutely. Look a lot better in uh, the angels and uh, pitching at great American ballpark every second game. We'll come back to this uh, trade deadline time. See if, uh, see if we did perhaps tell the future there. Is there anybody uh, today, any bets today that are uh, catching your eye? Anything looking particularly? Yeah, just pick up today's game. There's a few interesting matchups. Uh, the one I go to is uh, the first one. Wow. The Mets, uh, they have an un- un- unknown starter. This is this is how confident I am, in, or not confident, in Patrick Corbin. So the Mets are at Washington. Uh, the Mets and their unknown pitcher that I see, it may you know may have been named already. Uh, they're minus one one eighty favorites on the road at Washington. Washington's plus one sixty, and um, I'm just not a fan of Patrick Corbin. So what I like here is the Mets. The pitchers are relevant in my first uh, call. It's a team total of over four and a half. Now it's juiced to minus one thirty. I don't usually like going that that uh that small on a uh team total but i the mets have been hitting well 
Um, and Patrick Corbin, I just think is done. The Nats are not an, are, I don't know you'd say they're tanking, but they're not in a win now mode. They're paying this guy a lot of money. So you know, they're throwing him out there every fifth day. And he's just been brutal. He's been brutal for a year and a half. I love this guy a couple years ago, had him in many fantasy teams, but he has struggled. And I don't, I don't know that he's coming back. He gives up a lot of contact. He's not striking out as many guys. He's striking out some, but not as many as he used to. So this is merely just a bet on a hot Mets offense and a cold Nats uh, pitcher and Patrick Corbin. And then even behind Corbin, they don't really have a great bullpen. When you got Taylor, uh, Tyler, Taylor, Rainey closing the games, uh, there's not a lot of confidence there for me in, in, in the backup behind Corbin. So I like the Mets to score, and I like them to score um, a few runs. So I'm taking the over four and a half. I was looking at the Mets run run line, so they've got to win by one and a half. So basically got to win by two, but that's at minus 115. Not as enticing. So I'm on that. The next game I'm on, uh, I like the Jays against the Yankees. Toronto uh, has Kikuchi starting. Yankees have Luis Severino. Now, if you, you know if this is an even money bet, I'd lean towards the Yankees. It's in New York. The Yankees have been playing well. The Jays have been playing decent. Again, to what I said earlier, though, I think the Yankees, although they're leading the AL East, uh, their record is a little inflated because they played some weaker competition. And the Jays have played stronger competition. So Kikuchi pitched well against the Yankees about a week ago. You know, some, some, some people believe, well, second time, second turn against the same team, it's the batter's uh, favor there, perhaps. But you're getting the Jays on the road at plus 150. And that, that's the bet to me. Anytime you can get Toronto's lineup at plus 150, um, I think there's value there. Severino's pitch well. I like the Yankees. I'm not trying to discredit them. They've done well, and they're a very good team. Uh, but I just think getting the Jays at plus 150, it's just too much value uh, to pass up. So I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the Jays there. Well, now with Teoscar back in the lineup, Teoscar Hernandez, um, some of those lower scoring games I'm hoping will be turned around. The lineup looks so much deeper with Teoscar in it. It's actually remarkable what one batter can do to your depth. And yeah, I mean, at, uh, at plus 150 there on the money line, they're not, they're not favored, but I would say they probably sh- maybe should be. But it's I understand the Yankees being favored at home with Severino on the mound, but I, I agree with you there. It's a good uh, chance for the Jays. They had the day off yesterday, so fresh yeah. and uh, the Yankees have played several days consecutively. I'm not sure when their last off day was, but good call there. Uh, in terms of the Mets game, I think it's going to be Carlos Carrasco. Uh, some sources say it's going to be Tyler McGill. Uh, the score has it as Tyler McGill, but uh, on Twitter, it, I think it's going to be Carlos Carrasco. But I think either or, uh, you're pretty bang on there with Patrick Corbin stuff. He's not really um, confidence-inspiring when he takes the mound. So I'm I'm happy to take any bet that goes against uh, Patrick Corbin. Generally against the Nationals this year, uh, I think they're an easy target a lot of times. But Patrick Corbin especially is a very low-hanging fruit here for for a couple of bucks. Yeah, I bet against him a few times this year, and it's worked out. And it's it's and uh, it's usually a team total or a run line for the other team. He's just he's just beginning up runs and a lot of them. Uh, looking back to the futures for just one second, and we didn't really talk about this before, but just looking at the uh, American League MVP, I have, I, I, and I'm kind of hesitant here, but Vladimir Guerrero at plus 450. Do you think that the voters will have any kind of uh, feeling that they need to reward him because he didn't get the MVP last year? So even if he has maybe not quite the best season this year, do you think they might lean towards giving it to him as kind of a makeup for what happened last year? You know what? I, I don't. I don't think they. Um, I don't think they feel they owe it to him because it was hard to argue. Shohei Otani wasn't just that dominant, yeah. um, playing both ways, right? So it's not. It's not like um, here's a guy who came out of nowhere and sorry, Vladdy, we uh, we owe you one. 
because I think a lot of people think Guerrero is going to be there for a few years. So I don't think it's necessarily the fact that they think they own him, but um, he's, he hasn't even really hit a hot streak and he's still hitting well. Um, you know, as I said earlier, Otani's not hitting that well. And the longer that, I think he'll break out of that, but the longer that cold streak at the bat, at the plate continues, the less his year end numbers are going to look that good. And right now, you know, to me, it's, it's Trout, Guerrero, and if Buxton can stay healthy, he's a huge long shot. But if that guy plays the rest of the year, he's going to put up fantastic numbers. I don't think he will because he'll probably get hurt. But um, I, I like that call. Uh, Trout, too, you know, if he stays healthy, which is always seems to be a question mark right now, him and Vladdy are both at 450, but I would lean Guerrero. Uh, I think the Jays' offense heats up. When the weather heats up in Toronto, Toronto is a great place uh, for hitting. And the lineup – even though, you know, Otani, Guerrero, Otani and Trout have a great lineup at the top, uh, Vladdy's got the whole lineup behind him. So uh, if, I, if I had to look, I'd be with you on that. Just, just not, not necessarily that they own from last year. I just, I just think he's, he's probably at that, especially at that price, at plus 450. Um, you know, he, he's the best. He's the best bet. Because the, the other guys are running there. It's Otani plus 350, Trout plus 450, and Vladdy plus 450. And then you jump to Judge at plus 900, Bucks in a plus 1100. Uh, Jose Ramirez at plus twelve hundred. He's having a great year, but you know, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I love that guy. He's going to put up great numbers, but um, I think Cleveland's coming back down to earth. I, I don't, you know, coming back down to earth. They're what five hundred. They're doing really well, but he's just got nothing around him, and it's going to get to the stage where they can really start pitching around him. Quant, you know, with Quan and Straw ahead of him doing well, there could be some regression there. Uh, Quan being a rookie and Straw being kind of a light, hot, light hitting speed guy. But if those guys regress a little, it's pretty easy to get to Ramirez and pitch around them. So I don't see uh, – 12, plus 1,200 is a huge number. But back to the original comment, I think Vlad needs to play. And, again, it's not that they all might just think he's going to heat up short of an injury. He's going to put up monster numbers again, I think, this year. Yeah, I've been very surprised with how well the Cleveland lineup has done. And like you said, they're 15 and 14. But no one would have expected anything close to that, really. Straw's been very good. Ramirez, uh, Stephen Kwan, we've seen Owen Miller do, do very well. And Josh Naylor last night, uh, our own oh, yeah. man, Josh Naylor, had a career game. Uh, yeah. I think it was the first time someone had hit a grand slam in the ninth inning or two home runs, um, three-run home runs or bigger in the ninth inning or later of a game. He drove in seven runs post-ninth inning, or ninth inning or later, I should say. Yeah. So, yeah. really amazing stuff there. Uh, yeah, for, fa- for fantasy, I think Naylor, not to take a chance here, but I think Naylor's going to be an interesting play for fantasy down the road, or, uh, the rest of the year, because, you know, he, if he hit, he's not going to hit like that every game, obviously, but if he hits, he's going to get a lineup spot. Um, he's just I, he's just 24 years old. I you know I thought he'd been around forever, but I think I think he's only 24 years old. And they need offense, and you know if he if he can uh, he can support Ramirez in the lineup, I think he's got a shot to stick and and put up some good numbers. But that was quite the game yesterday. He's a um, a former first round pick, and always been involved. He's been involved in a lot of trades in this career. Yeah. He's kind of bounced around. Uh, he was a piece of an Andrew Kashner trade. Um, That's right. He was yeah. traded a part of that huge package for Mike Clevenger, which is probably not going to look great yeah. uh, for San Diego, but who, who knows? Um, but I, all that to say is people have believed in Naylor enough to package him as a part of these deals for higher end uh, players, not to say that Clevenger is a higher end player, but a higher end trade target. Um, what I've seen so far and looking at the stat cast numbers, the advanced stats are very good. He's in the higher percentiles for pretty much everything. 
He's batted 338 to this year. He, he's really uh, an interesting guy. And of course, us being Canadians, the two of us here, uh, always a little bit of added interest when there's a Canuck on the big league uh, screen. Got there. that right. Definitely pulling for him. Hey, you know, I, th- I think it's an interesting point you make up. We, Especially in fantasy, we forget about this a lot, is uh, the first round picks that don't pan out. I mean, the guy's 24 years old. You know, not, not everybody uh, comes out and hits the majors like Julio Rodriguez this year as a teenager, right? Not, and a lot of these guys, look at the guy, look at Joe Adele. I mean, that guy was a can't-miss prospect. He's back down in the minors. He was a fantasy darling this year. Everybody wanted him to draft. I wanted him. Luckily, I didn't get him. Um, and, you know, two years in a row, he's been given a chance, and he's back in the minors. There's way more guys that that happens to, but sometimes they just need a few years. And I think that was Josh Naylor. And to your point, if people are trading for him, somebody sees something in him. It's not just one team. Uh, so I think he could be a good asset going forward this year. I missed out on him in my fab last couple of weeks, but uh wish I had gotten him. Yeah, I mean, he's not someone who going into the year was really lighting up anybody's radar. He wasn't going in anybody's really yeah. going anywhere in the top 500 yeah. from what I remember. Uh, no mock drafts were really mentioning him, but really, really a great start. It's really been good to see here. Uh, we're running out of time on the uh, on the Zoom. The Zoom is about to uh, expire yeah. here because it's the free version. Is there anything else you wanted to uh, to cover while we while we got you on today? Um, no, this has been great. Um, you know, I'd love to get back and chat just pure fantasy with you one day because I do a ton of that too. But uh, yeah. it's been good to go over some futures and uh, go over some numbers uh, for today's game. Some interesting plays out there. So hopefully that helped. And uh, I'm going to drag you onto my show so we can just talk a lot of fantasy uh, or a lot of uh, wagering game strategy with you. Yeah, for those of you who uh, are not aware already, Doug is the host of the Today in Sports Betting podcast, also on the Sports Ethos platform. And yeah, I'd love to come on. I'd love to come on. We were supposed to have another member of the Sports Ethos team on today who was tied up, but hope to uh, hope to bring all you guys on at one point. I think Blake also does uh, quite a bit of baseball he does. stuff. He Yeah. So hopefully yeah. we'll get him on at some point. Uh, we've been chatting here with Doug Reed. For you guys who are not already following him on Twitter, his handle is Doug underscore Reed. So uh, the Reed is spelled with an I, R-E-I-D, and then three, four. So Doug underscore Reed, three, four. Go give him a follow over there for great content. And, of course, you get links to his shows when they get posted out as well. Uh, Doug, thank you so much for coming on today. I had a great time, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Joe. And we'll, uh, we'll be chatting again soon, no doubt. Absolutely, man. Thanks, man. Big thank you to Doug for coming on the show today. Go ahead and give him a follow on Twitter if you aren't already. And go ahead and subscribe to his show, the Today in Sports Betting Podcast. A great show also done on the Sports Ethos platform here where you get up to date with your daily gambling information. And, you know, if you look at the Sports Ethos wagering team and you look at their very open record, they tell you exactly how they do every night. Uh, They're winning more than they're losing, quite, quite a bit more than they're losing. So go ahead and give Sports Ethos wagering a check out there. Uh, at Sports Ethos Wagering. And also go ahead and follow Doug for your for your daily betting needs. And as well as other stuff, you know, we talked futures today. I'm sure Doug would welcome any DMs, uh, questions about betting. So go ahead and hit him up there. We're going to spend the rest of the show today looking ahead at some of the matchups for today in terms of pitching, and we'll also take a look at the waiver wire. So we will start off with the first game, which I think will have debuted by the time you guys see this. It is the Tigers and the Athletics. Tariq Skubal and Frankie Montes, both really good options here. Uh, it's a game that I'm going to be watching, believe it or not, despite the poor records of both of these teams. I, I think it's an interesting matchup, specifically Montes. I've been watching a lot of Montes this year just to see what other teams might be looking for in terms of a trade because he is going to be traded. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that's going to happen. So I've been trying to just keep an eye on how he's been doing start to start. So I'll be watching this one. Tariq Skubal is someone who I was pretty low coming into the year on, but he has surprised me. He's been 
pretty solid through his 26 and two-thirds. ERA at 3.04, and he struck out more batters uh, than he's pitched innings, which is not something that you could necessarily count on with Scoobal. He struck out 29 guys in 26 innings. Not someone that I was really high on at all heading into the season. I thought he was, at best, like a back-end guy. But he's actually been pretty okay here. So I'm, I'm going to be fine. Um, I'm going to be fine holding on to him if you have him. He's, he's, streaming him today makes sense as well. Uh, I think he's been added quite a bit in the leagues where he wasn't already rostered. If he is still out there, then uh, it's a pretty safe place to go and stream him. He, he's, his roster percentage has gone up to 82, so he's not really that widely available anymore. There might be a couple of leagues where he is, but... Anyway, that's the first uh, half of their doubleheader. There is a second game coming at you at 4.40 p.m. Eastern Time, and the starters will be Alex Fado and Adrian Martinez. Now, Fado uh, just came up recently, and... I don't know. It's it's an all right option here. Uh, not someone I'm really going to be too interested in using a move on, especially with low strikeout numbers here. It's a decent matchup, but not anybody I'm going to really need to worry about here. It'll be Adrian Martinez going on the other side for um, for Oakland, and it's not someone I really know a ton about. Adrian Martinez, to be honest with you, I'm probably going to be staying away here just based on the kind of unknown. And as I look at his numbers, they're okay. Not great. Um, I'm not, I'm not really going to be interested in using a move on him here. It's more of a spot start kind of thing. So not much of an interest there. Uh, the Dodgers and the Pirates is the next game. Tony Gonsolin and Bryce Wilson. Tony Gonsolin, we mentioned on Twitter this morning, is someone who should be rostered in most leagues. His roster percentage is probably much lower than it should be. Uh, but this is a great matchup. So if you were looking for a reason to pick him up, then this is a decent one to do it here. Really great opportunity here against the fairly lowly Pirates. Uh, on the other side, Bryce Wilson going up against the Pirate uh, against the Dodgers. Sorry, not someone we recommend. Now, yesterday we didn't recommend Jose Quintana, and he actually had a pretty solid start against the Dodgers. So it does happen; they're not going to be perfect, and we've said this a couple times on the show. Pretty much every team in baseball is going to win sixty games and lose sixty games, right? It's a matter of what you're going to do with the other forty or so games. But that being said, the best teams they're going to lose sixty-ish. The worst teams, yes, they're going to lose closer to a hundred, hundred and ten. But that's all to say that even if the matchup is great and, you know, bad team versus poor team, the bad team is going to win still, like, fairly often in baseball. Not that it's going to be a high percentage, but, you know, they're going to win, like I said, 60, 70 games. And you're going to get good starts out of guys that you would not have really expected to get good starts out of, like Quintana. So it's not something that we're going to really anticipate a lot going forward, and I'm not going to be advising to stream guys against the Dodgers pretty much ever but you know it does happen so keep that in the back of your mind Bryce Wilson today I'm not going to be interested in but it's just a more general piece of wisdom there that yes uh, we target the Reds when we make our our lineups we target Reds pitching we the the athletics the Orioles the Nationals teams like that those teams are all going to still win their 60 games so you have to pick and choose your spots and even when you pick and choose them really well sometimes, it doesn't always work out. And like like we said with Doug, if we could predict the future, we'd be in a much more lucrative line of business here. You never really know, but at the same time, uh, you have to keep that in mind, that anything can really happen. Uh, baseball is very unpredictable. And I've seen that with a couple of my takes going by the wayside. Some of them have been good. If you look back on my Twitter, I think overall we've been pretty, pretty good with our recommendations, but we do miss. Everybody misses, and that's a major part of 
being in this industry is recognizing that you're going to miss and it, it's going to happen. So you have to just accept that. Uh, too much time here spent on the Pirates and Dodgers. Let's move on to the next game, the Brewers and the Reds. Really has the potential to be a very good pitching matchup here. Uh, both guys have kind of underperformed so far. It's Freddie Peralta and Hunter Green. So Hunter Green is probably not going to be someone you're going to advise using today. Given up quite a lot of runs to this point in the season. He is a strikeout machine. He has struck out 29 guys in 20 innings. But he's not really someone who we can trust to this point. Yes, the potential is there. But as of right now, he's not really someone who has a strong start today. Freddy Peralta should be a very strong start today. And I say should be because we don't really know what we're going to get out of him. He's been at points excellent this year and at points not so excellent. Uh, example, the six earned runs against St. Louis. Uh, that was definitely not good. Even last time out, three earned runs against Cincinnati is a little bit much for who what we expect Peralta and what we paid for Freddie Peralta. It's not been... It's not been smooth sailing to this point, really. So, great matchup. We hope for better today, uh, specifically than his teammate Brandon Woodruff had yesterday. My goodness. Really uh, disappointing stuff out of Brandon Woodruff. But uh, maybe we'll spend a second on Brandon Woodruff here. I know it's not what we're exactly doing, but I'm sure a lot of you guys are very worried about Brandon Woodruff. The underlying stats are okay. The expected ERA uh, is fairly all right. Yeah, it's not good when you struggle in back-to-back starts against Cincinnati, but I'm not too worried yet. Um, He's definitely a buy-low candidate. You can buy probably pretty low at this point. I know a lot of people would have used him in the second round, but through or drafted him in the second round. But through six starts, we have not seen really much of old Woodruff at all. Um, The Pittsburgh start on the 20th was really nice. He did have this 12 strikeouts against Cincinnati earlier in the month. There have been flashes of good Brandon Woodruff here. As a whole, uh, it's not been good, and he is definitely someone you can buy low on right now. And I would advise doing so, because he will turn it around. He should be fine. Uh, Let's move on to the next game of the night here. Now, Tyler McGill is listed as the starter in some places. We talked about this with Doug. Tyler McGill is listed in some places. Uh, Carlos Carrasco is listed in other places. I think it will be Carrasco tonight, based on what I've seen. Yahoo has McGill going tomorrow. It it's really depends on where you look. We'll tell you uh, a lot of different stories at the moment. So I think it's going to be Carrasco. Carrasco uh, should be fine here in a start against the Nationals. He's looked pretty pretty solid this year, Carrasco. There was uh, one bumpy start there. But overall, uh, he's been very good for where you drafted him, which was not very high up. He has had four out of five starts be very good. So... Uh, against the Nationals team here that is not very potent, not a great offense. He pitched against them on his first start of the season, went five and two-thirds, struck out five, only given up the one run. I'm liking it. I'm liking what we've seen from him so far, and this is a really great matchup for him to continue that good stretch. So no problems with um, with Carrasco, assuming it is Carrasco. We're not 100% sure, but assuming it's Carrasco, I'm fine there. On the other side, we talked about this game a little bit also with Doug. Patrick Corbin is not someone you're going to want to be interested in. He's 0-5 with a 7-1-6 ERA. When he's on the mound, it's almost a guarantee that the other team is going to win. He went eight innings in his last outing, which is really, really surprising to me that they let him go that long. But anyway, it doesn't really matter how long he goes. I don't think he'll have a lot of success here against a very tough Mets team. So it's going to be a hard pass on Patrick Corbin for me. We have the Blue Jays and the Yankees, another game we talked about with Doug. Uh, Yeah, I like both of these starters here. Kikuchi has definitely seemed to have figured stuff out. He's using his slider quite a bit less, which was getting rocked. His slider was getting killed. 
So he's, I don't think, thrown it at all in two starts, maybe even three starts. And yes, he has seen the Yankees already this year, uh, a little bit of worry. And it was actually twice he's seen the Yankees so far this year. So a little bit of worry that maybe they'll start to pick up on some stuff. But overall, I'm not too worried about using Kikuchi there. Luis Severino on the other side. Um, yeah, I feel all right about him. The Jays have started to, well, I mean, getting Teoscar Hernandez back is definitely a huge boost to that lineup. So I don't see them continuing to struggle offensively. They've been fine, um, but they've not been what you would have expected heading into the year offensively. So definitely a dangerous play for Severino, but I think overall you're not going to get hurt too badly uh, using him here. It is a, a hitter-friendly ballpark, but particularly so for left-handed batters. And the Jays really don't have many of those. So I'm not too, too worried here about, about Severino. Uh, next game of the night, really good pitching matchup coming here between the Red Sox and the Braves. We have Garrett Whitlock and Kyle Wright. Both of them have been really good this year. Specifically, Wright is looking like an early Cy Young candidate. Might be a little bit too early to tell, sure. But to this point of the year, really not anything you can complain about with him. Uh, he's pitched to a 174 ERA, 37 strikeouts, and 31 innings. And he faces a struggling Red Sox team here at home. So I'm very confident in Kyle Wright tonight. Garrett Whitlock, maybe a little bit less so, but he is also really surprised to this point in the year with great outings. Not someone uh, I'm like thrilled about for tonight, but I think that there is a good chance that he can return some decent value. Now, he's let me check the roster percentage because it's probably moved a little bit since I've checked last. He's up to 77% roster, Garrett Whitlock. So there's really not much room to be picking him up there. If you have him already, he's probably a safe bet. But uh, as we've talked about here early in the week, you kind of set the tone for how your week is going to go, depending on what starters you choose to play and choose to sit. He's probably someone you're going to be good to, st- uh, to start. But at the same time, if your team is stacked with pitchers and this is like one of your riskier outings of the week, then maybe you sit him. Overall, pretty safe to start, but I wouldn't fault you for sitting him down here either. It's a tough matchup. The Braves are not as good as they should have been, admittedly, to this point of the season, but still a great lineup that can pop off on any given night. So it's it's a risky one for Whitlock there. I'd lean towards playing, though. Let's move on. Another great pitching matchup here. The Astros and the Twins. Justin Verlander and Joe Ryan. This one should be fantastic. I have no qualms about starting either one of these guys. It may not go great. Yes, both of these lineups have been very good. They've both been very good, but at the same time, both of these pitchers have been really excellent. So I'm not worried really about starting either of them while acknowledging that, yes, uh, one of them will have to inevitably lose. Their team will inevitably have to lose. But to this point, I've been really happy with both of them. Probably a little more happy with uh, Verlander than Ryan. Ryan had a bit of a rough outing his last time, comparatively speaking anyway. Uh, specifically against the Orioles, you would have expected better than four and two-thirds, a couple of runs, six hits. But we are uh, pretty confident here in both of these guys. So, yes, they're both absolute goes for tonight if you have them in your lineup. Uh, Baltimore and St. Louis, I don't think we have had a announced starter from the Cardinals. Kyle Bradish will be going for the Orioles, and he's not someone we're going to be looking to play here. I really liked how the Cardinals have put their lineup together this year, and they're looking very good. Uh, I think, like we talked about a little bit here with uh, with Doug, I like the Cardinals. Maybe not uh, favorites over the Brewers in their division, but their lineup is not even been performing as good as they can perform, and they're still 16-12. Kind of in a similar place, I think, as the Blue Jays. So 
we've had some underperformers. Yes, your Tyler O'Neill's, um, Paul Young has been pretty bad. Yandy Molina hasn't been quite as quite as good as you would have wanted, maybe. So there's definitely room to grow here for this uh, Cardinals team. Uh, in terms of today, though, Kyle Bradish is not really going to be someone who I'm too interested in. Uh, in terms of the St. Louis side, I don't know exactly who's starting. <clears throat> if you guys would bear with me for a split second, maybe I can find out here uh, via Twitter. But uh, I haven't seen any announcements. Cardinals starter. Uh, I'm not seeing anything here. So maybe it'll be a bullpen day or maybe... I'm really not sure, actually, who is going to be going for them here. We'll have to just wait and see. Uh, sometimes it's out of my control what I can tell you guys, because I don't know. We'll have to see. But whoever it is will probably definitely be a more preferred option than Bradish here. Uh, I would expect St. Louis to win this game fairly handily. But we'll have to see, right? Like we said, no one really can tell the future. Uh, another good pitching matchup here coming at you. The Royals and the Rangers, I know, not exactly the most enticing baseball to watch, but Brad Keller and Martin Perez have both been really good. Martin Perez have both been very good to this point of the year. I'd be very comfortable starting both of them tonight, honestly. Neither of these offenses have been very good. Both of these guys have shown, have shown uh, really that they're underrated, undervalued to this point. And I was talking about Brad Keller. He's 35% rostered on Yahoo. Uh, you know, his ERA is at 174 through now we've started five games. You know, he's been very solid. He's only given up two home runs in his 31 innings. I really like what we've gotten out of him. So I think these guys are both viable streamers for tonight. I'd be very comfortable using both of them here. Uh, the Guardians and the White Sox is the next game we're going to talk about. Cal Quantrill and Lucas Giolito. Yeah, Giolito, I'll be I'll be comfortable using him here. Fairly, fairly comfortable while also acknowledging that the Guardians lineup has been surprisingly very good they you know not exactly great or anything but they've had a lot of guys they have a lot of guys batting over 300 a lot of guys who are hot all at the same time to start the year now so i mean giolito i like uh but there's also a bit of risk there with this team on uh, maybe a heater is not the right word they're not on a heater but they're definitely doing well right now they took three or four from the jays over the weekend and they have a lot of bats that are swinging very well so uh, yeah, Giolito should be fine, but it's also a little bit of caution should be advised there. Cal Quantrill, not really too interested. He's got a lot of walks this year. He's walked 15 guys already. He's not someone who I'm going to be too, too interested in going up against the White Sox, who have started to figure it out recently. They've won, uh, I think they won six in a row before losing yesterday because of the Josh Naylor heroics. So I'll be fine uh, with Quantrill. But I'm not thrilled about it. He's just a—he's an all right option. He's not someone I would go ahead and use and add on. But he's—he's he's fine. He's—he's he's probably fine. Uh, but I'm not very excited about him. So I'm probably not using an early week ad there. If you—if you already have him on your team, then I don't mind deploying him. But it—he's not someone who. I mean, you probably tell from the tone of my voice. He's not. It doesn't inspire confidence really uh, in this matchup. So I'm not. I'm not totally thrilled with the with the prospect of starting him. It's kind of it can go either way, to be honest with you. So uh, tough tough to really give an opinion on him for this one. Uh, the Rays and the Angels is the next one. Corey Kluber and Reed Detmers. I'm honestly staying away from this matchup here. Uh, Kluber, yes, has been very good, but he's going up to face a very tough Angels offense. So we're gonna pass. Reed Detmers has not done very well. And he's facing a team that has not quite lived up to their uh, expectations to raise. They've definitely been better recently. But uh, 
I mean, maybe I'm undervaluing them a little bit because it's hard. It's hard to really know where to value the Rays year to year. They put together these rosters that don't look very appealing, and then they're pretty much always a good team. So I say they underperformed a little bit. They're 18 and 12, so they, they've still been a very good team. All that to say that neither one of these guys, uh, specifically Detmers, is going to really interest me tonight. So it's going to be a pass on this game in terms of streaming options. We really have a lot of good pitching matchups today as I'm really looking at these names again. It really strikes me how many good options we have today. Most of them are already rostered, but it should be a lot of fun viewing-wise anyway. Uh, the next game is Philadelphia and Seattle, and we have Aaron Nola and Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray is someone who I really liked last year in Toronto, and he's not been the same guy this year. Strikeouts, way down. The strikeouts are 31 strikeouts and 37 innings from a guy who I believe led Major League Baseball in strikeouts last year. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure he did. The ERA is at 438, and he's really not looked very good so far. So this is not going to be a great play uh, against the Phillies tonight, I would imagine. Hopefully he can turn it around and get back to more of that last season form. But there were a ton of warning signs before the season that led me to believe he was not going to be able to repeat what he did last year. And to this point, he hasn't. So he's someone you kind of just have to hold on to for where you drafted him in the third or fourth round. You have to hold, wait for a few good starts in a row, and then try and sell. Because right now, the value is pretty low. Uh, Aaron Nola has looked a lot better the last couple times out. Specifically against the Mets last time, going seven strong, striking out seven. He's someone who I'm going to be totally fine with using here tonight. Just a couple more games to get through here. We have Lazardo and Bumgarner going up against each other for the Marlins and the Diamondbacks. Both of these guys I feel strong in starting. Uh, we hope Bumgarner doesn't have any goings on with the officiating crew like there was last week. Uh, really unfortunate there. He only went the one inning, got ejected. Hopefully we can get our standard five, maybe six innings out of Bumgarner tonight. That would be great. Lazardo on the other side has been very good. Now, after that first start of the year where he struck out 12 against the Angels, I think we were expecting massive breakout from him. And we haven't really, he's been good. He's been very good, but uh, a lot on the strength of that first start anyway. So, yes, he's been very good. But, um, and, and yes, he is a play tonight, absolutely a play against Diamondbacks, but he is also someone who I thought maybe after that first start was going to have a bit of a better year than he's had. And uh, unfairly, I am criticizing him here. I know his ERA is at 3.08. The strikeout numbers are very good, uh, if not a little inflated based on that first start. So yes, really good play here. I really like him. Uh, all I have to say is I just thought maybe after that first start we were seeing a massive breakout here, and he's been very good. But I don't think we are. I don't think he's going to be quite as good as I thought he was going to be this year. Anyway, uh, going forward, yes, great, great player to have on your team, especially in keeper leagues and dynasty leagues. Um, just I thought maybe we'd have a little bit more um, after that first start. That's all. That's all. Let's move on to the Cubs and the Padres. We have Wade Miley, who will be making his debut in a Cubs jersey tonight. Not really going to be interested here, honestly. Um, I'm not really sure how many people have bitten in terms of adding him. So uh, let's take a look while I've got you guys here. He has been added today. Uh, about 2,100 leagues have added him. I'm hoping those are more deeper leagues because, yeah, he was pretty good last year. He doesn't give you a lot of strikeouts. The whip last year was pretty bad, what, 1.33. Not not terrible, but not great. 
Uh, yeah, he was a good guy for his ERA last year, but first start of the year, we're not going to have a, probably not going to have a very long uh, leash with him. Probably see a lower pitch count, I would imagine, in the 60s, maybe. Hard to say exactly. It was an elbow injury, so they're not going to push him too much, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, tough matchup here against the Padres, too. So not someone I'm really going to be looking to use an add-on. Mike Clevenger. I don't know, man. Um, they're going to have to shed a starter, and he's not going to have a lot of rope if he keeps up. Uh, I mean, he just had the one start. It was okay. I worry um, someone's going to have to lose a job in that rotation eventually. I feel like it'll probably be Nick Martinez, but I don't know. Honestly, it's really tough to say. If Clevenger doesn't start pitching well, then it'll be him. So a pretty good matchup here against the Cubs. Cubs haven't been doing great this year. Uh, I like him fine. I like him better in like a DFS tournament than I would using an ad on him for today in a weekly in a weekly ads league. Um or a, a daily changes league, but a, a league where you have a limited number of ads for the week. I don't know that I'd be using one on, on him. On either of these guys, really. Um, I don't think that either of them are particularly uh, going to move the needle so much in fantasy. People are definitely bigger on Clevenger. Uh, he's 85% rostered, but I don't really like him. I, I don't know. I don't think that there's going to be much hope Um as his first starting role in the San Diego pen. I feel like he's someone they move on from at some point, honestly. Uh, we'll have to see. That's just a prediction, but I don't think he has a long-term role in San Diego here. Despite the massive haul of prospects they gave up for him, I don't see him having sustained success here. So just one of my takes. Maybe it's a hot take. I don't know, but I'm not big on Mike Clevenger. Uh, let's move on to our last game of the evening, the Rockies and the Giants. Antonio Cezatella and Alex Wood. No, for Sentatella. Anyway, uh, Wood, yes, Wood has definitely not performed up to scratch this year so far. He had a very good uh, couple, first couple of starts anyway, and we've had a tough one against Washington and a, li- a bit of a tough one against the Dodgers. Not terrible, but a little bit tough. He did strike out seven, but um, give up three earned runs. It wasn't bad. Walked a couple of guys. I guess the Dodgers, I guess that's that's pretty solid. Uh, overall, his ERA sits at 438, and he's not really performed like I thought he would, but this is a good opportunity here, a good matchup. Yes, the Rockies have been pretty good, but they will eventually become the Rockies again. They're not going to have that kind of sustained success uh, that looked like maybe they could have been pushing for early in the year. But no, they're 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 a poor team, the Rockies, and I'm fine with using Alex Wood here against him, uh, against them. Uh, Antonio Sensatella is not someone who I'm going to be really interested in, for one. Very low strikeouts, seven of them in 24 innings. Yes, seven strikeouts in 24 innings. Not really going to be worth your time there. And that whip to this point of the year is 1.88. So he lets on a ton of base runners. It's probably a good chance to be streaming or to be using some San Francisco guys in your in your DFS lineups tonight. So uh, that's definitely um, a consideration. Other than that, um, Wood's already going to be on rosters. Sensatella is kind of hit or miss. Probably not on many rosters. Uh, Woods, absolutely, I would be comfortable with him tonight. Sensatella, I would not. So that will cover our game look ahead. Let's also look at some of the most added players today on the waiver wire. And for those of you who just want a quicker version of this, or maybe you prefer to read stuff, I always do this segment on Twitter every day. I'll talk about some of the most added players, and I'll just give a little bit of guidance on how I would go about them. 
So the number one added player is Brandon Drury. He's been added in more than 13,000 leagues on Yahoo and has seen his roster percentage go up to 31%, uh, up 27% from last week. Yeah, he's been really good. Do I think it'll continue long-term? No. Um, I think, yeah, okay, if you want to add... And I'm changing my tune a little bit here because yesterday I was saying he's not really worth an ad. But if you want to use the ad while he's hot, I'm not going to give you a hard time. However, do not expect this to go on long term. He's had a fairly long career with, yeah, decent flashes of power slash an all right average. But playing in Cincinnati, it's a pretty, pretty poor lineup around him. There's not going to be a ton of opportunities for runs and RBIs. Yeah, he'll get his home runs. Not a ton of home runs. I mean, this is this is the hottest we're going to see him this year. And that is something that needs to be drilled into everybody's head. This is his best we're going to see from Brandon Drury all year. So if you want to add him right now and, you know, milk that little hot streak, then by all means, go ahead. But uh, don't get too attached. You will almost certainly be dropping with him within the next couple of weeks. So just keep that in mind. Josh Naylor being added quite a bit. Yeah, I understand it. I understand it looking at the stat cast numbers on Baseball Savant. He's been really good. Uh, pretty much in every category, he's been really good so far this year. He's knocked in 21 runs, and yes, he knocked in eight of them yesterday, which really helps. But the average for the year is 338. We did talk about this with Doug at the beginning of the show, how he was a top prospect. He was a first-round pick, and he's typically been included in trades for uh, bigger trade chips. So he's definitely been... Someone that teams have been looking to acquire and someone um, who I think has kind of an untapped bit of potential here. He's not really the sexiest prospect anymore. He's a big boy, uh, not terribly tall, and he's a pretty big boy. He doesn't really, uh, I don't know, he doesn't look necessarily the part. And I know that sounds maybe kind of stupid because you have guys like Vladimir Guerrero, who's a big boy, who gets the job done offensively. Something about Naylor that kind of he's flown under the radar. I mean, now he's kind of coming up into the spotlight because of yesterday's performance. I mean, us in Canada here who follow baseball have known about him for a while because of how how great of a prospect he was. We don't have that many top prospects in Canada. So when we get one like Naylor, uh, they definitely catch people's eyes. And he's been on the radar for five or six years, and I'm really thinking that this is a good chance for him to have a potential breakout. I like the underlying numbers. And, you know, it's not a guarantee. Nothing is ever a guarantee. But to this point of the year, he's looked very good. Solid, steady lineup spot. Eligible at first and in the outfield. So I'm all right with uh, with using an ad on Josh Naylor. Will he last the entire year uh, producing like this? Almost certainly not. Uh, the 338 batting average, there is no way in hell that will continue. This number of RBIs is definitely outlier because of that eight RBI performance yesterday, but even before that, 13 RBIs, a lot of guys in this league at this point do not have 13 RBIs. So he's someone who I would speculatively add and hope for the best going forward. I think there's a good chance that there will be some good returns for you if you do add him. Manuel Margot left with a sore hamstring yesterday after stealing a couple of bases, still providing value, and he's the number one ranked player over the last week, 11 for 23, three homers, four steals, and a 478 batting average. That's what the 11 out of 23 translates to. 478. Will this continue? No, it will not. Absolutely will not. We have to see with this hamstring problem what actually happens if he has to go on the IL or if he just maybe misses a game or two. Who knows? We do know 
I feel like I know as almost a certain fact that this is not going to continue, regardless of what happens with the hammy, whether he goes on the IL or not. I don't think you can expect this kind of production from him long-term. He's kind of been known to do this, hot streaks here and there. And this is this is a heater, no question. He's the 32nd ranked player to this point on the season. I'm not buying that this is a long-term thing. If you have him, send out a bunch of trade offers. Well, maybe you're not going to get much back today because of the hamstring. But maybe you will. Package him up with somebody else. Try and ship him off while he's doing this well. Because this is not going to continue long-term. So try and maximize some value out of it while you can. The hamstring will definitely put a bit of a hamper on any trade negotiations. But see what happens with him there. If the hamstring's not a big problem, then he's someone that you can try and flip around and make a trade out of. Let's move on to George Kirby. He's someone who should also be added. Uh, tough start coming up at City Field against the Mets. And yeah, if he doesn't have a great outing there, don't panic. I like him. Uh, also, you know, we mentioned yesterday, Nick Lodolo, Matt Brash. Guys who at points looked very good and then at points looked very bad this year. So remember that he is a rookie. He skips AAA. He is very young and He's still learning the ropes of things. So if he has to get sent down, if he has a couple of bad starts, it will happen. I wouldn't panic. Uh, let's move on. Martin Perez, we already talked about. And Tony Gonsolin, both of you guys. I mentioned them both on Twitter and also on the show here. Both of them are very good options for today. Uh, Brad Keller as well, very good option. Most of the guys who are being added are stream starts for today. Uh, Austin Hayes as well has been added quite a bit. And he is someone who has been on a very hot streak himself, 12 for his last 21 and he's a great option to fill out your lineup with some extra power slash uh, decent average. In terms of the drops, uh, it's pretty standard. Like we usually see a lot of guys who, you know, start the day before. Guys get kind of sick of them and then get dropped. No problem with most of them here. Uh, Mackenzie Gore was dropped in over 1,600 leagues. Over 1,600 people said enough with Mackenzie Gore from yesterday. I couldn't disagree more strongly that dropping him is a bad idea. I think that someone will lose a job in that Padres rotation. I would be shocked if it was him. So I would be definitely holding for now. Uh, other guys who've been dropped are Pineda, Chris Flex, and Austin Gomber. Hashiang Kim has also been dropped quite a bit, and we kind of did call this, that he was on a hot streak, but not really looking uh, to add him at the point when he was on the hot streak because inconsistent playing time, bottom of the order. Typically, he does bounce around a little bit, but he can go anywhere from 9 in the order to number two in the order. So it's not a lot of consistency there. Uh, absolutely no problem moving on from him. That will do it for us today. A big thank you again for Doug Reed coming on the show and chatting some sports betting and some fantasy stuff with us. Go ahead, give him a follow at Doug underscore R-E-I-D-3-4. And while you're at it, go ahead, give me a follow at Joe Orico 99 That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. We will hit you with another show tomorrow. I hope you guys really enjoyed today's stuff. And if you did, go ahead and give it a five-star review down below. Guys, we'll see you tomorrow. Cheers. Cheers.